Praise God while you stay standing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to His name. I don't know what you think and what you feel when we make the declarations that we just made. When we said, I declare, and then we declared who we are. Can I have the full house lights on, please? That would be great. Thanks, Luke. Uh, I, I don't know what you think and what you feel when we declare things like, I am a soul winner, I am empowered, and I am free. And, and we declare these bold statements about who we are in Christ. I, I, I feel that some people in this room would maybe even feel a bit uncomfortable or feel like I can't even declare them because that's not who I am. And I just want to empower you right now. Too many times we're speaking the wrong stuff to ourselves. We're speaking to where we already are and we stay where we already are and we feel we can't speak something else because we're not there yet. But maybe we're not where we want to be because we keep, speak on, keep on speaking to where we're at. And faith is about declaring and coming in alignment with what God has said before there is any evidence of it. This is not about hype and we, we sometimes think it's a bit emotional. Let me ask you a question. Who created emotion? God Almighty created emotion. And many times we're bound in our own negative emotions, but we don't want to step into, by faith, stepping into the positive emotions because that's hype, that's emotionalism. I think we've, we've um, brought into a lie from the enemy that says, no, you got to keep away from all that stuff, that feeling, that, that emotional side of things in church. Hang on, God created me to be emotional. If we can get fired up and excited about footy, and if we can get fired up and excited about movies and about entertainment, why can we not get excited about Almighty God? Why have we taken the blanket and the lid off our emotions in every sphere of life and put a blanket on them in church? Don't tell me to quiet down. Because I'll just fire up more. I want to dare you. Can you, do that? Can, you, can you do that in church? Is that all right? Okay, I'm going to, take, I'm going to double dare you. Can you can I do that in church? Oh, I'm not sure how theological that is, Tim. Just help me out here. But I want to double dare you. Then when we make these declarations, the offering time, if you don't see any evidence of your life, how about you declare it? louder than anyone else in this room and say, God, I am literally, life and death is in the power of our tongue. Pastor Gary has already said it. Some of us, I feel a preach coming on. Too many times we're arguing with the wrong thing and agreeing with the wrong thing. My message today, which I'm not going there yet, but who knows what's going to happen. God told me a phrase out of the blue, never spoken on it before, and he said it to me many, many weeks ago, I think months ago, out of the blue, he just said, this is for Infused Church, and then we went on with our day. He says, living by arguments and agreements. 
you know that every single day you live by arguments and agreements. You, you might say, Steve, you mean we live by arguments or agreements? No. Every day you argue with something and every day you agree with something. My question is, are we arguing with the enemy and coming into agreement with God? Or are we arguing with God and coming into agreement with the enemy? Because if God says you're free and we say I'm not free, that's arguing with God and coming in agreement with the enemy. If God says, I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider, I shall supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. And we say, you know what? God is not a provider. Or I, I, I'm in lack. I, I don't have. We're coming into agreement with the enemy and we're arguing with God. It's so subtle. I so often feel like I'm not free in my mind. Anyone else? I feel like you know, I, I, I can't get free. That's coming into agreement with the enemy and arguing with God. You might say, no, that's not arguing, that's speaking the facts. The facts are the enemy to the truth. Many, many times, the facts are the enemy. we got to stop living by what we feel and confessing. Some of us believe if you think it, you need to say it. I want to say it. If it's true, you need to say it. If it's true, by His stripes I am healed. That's called agreeing with God. But Steve, if I say that, that is a lie. It's not a lie. It's the truth. And the liar is the enemy. And he says, you cannot declare I am healed when you're sick because that's called lying. That's called faith. That's called truth. The Bible says, let the weak say I am strong. It doesn't say let the weak say I will be strong. He says, declare it now. He said to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor when he was hiding out. Stop speaking what you see and what you feel and the facts. It's time for the church to speak what God says and creates where they want to go. Settle down. I want to come into agreement. I've seen the subtlety, the subtlety of arguing with God. When God says, I've got this as a plan for your life, and He prophetically calls something out of your life, and you say, I can't do that. Let me ask, who are you arguing with and who are you agreeing with in that moment? But I can't do that because I'm just young. That's called arguing with God and agreeing with the enemy. When there is no evidence that I can step in and do what God says. But I say, God, if you said it, I I believe it. That settles it. I step in and I receive it by faith. Oh, by faith, by faith, by faith. Abraham and Sarah, who were promised a son, even though as good as dead, they believed the one who gave the promise. And they said, be it unto us according to your word. Mary said, be it unto me according to you. What? Give birth to the Son of God? As a virgin, how many people think that's pretty out there? But she said, okay, be it unto me, according to your word. What is that? I come into agreement with what God says. I'm not going to argue with what God says. There's some people I want to pray for, but can you sit down? Can I pray for them after? Can you stay? Can you play? You've got a seat. You're fine. All good. Can I just keep on flowing? Thank you so much for your generosity, for your gifts, for your love for Sally and I, for 
we are blessed to overflowing and we are honoured to be part of Infused Church. Did you hear what I said? I don't say it in other churches. I think it's the first time I've said it anywhere. But in my home church, Bunshakers, but I am blessed to be a part of this church, which is part of the church. And our God is an incredibly good God. Amen. God's just changed his, my plans again. I think he does. God says, I'm going to do this. And then there's conversations with God and, and God forgave. God, God repented. God changed his mind. God said, I'm not going to destroy. God says, take your son and sacrifice him. No, don't sacrifice. God, some of us need to allow God to change his instructions. Because we are so many times... That's all I've got to say. Let God change his instructions. If he said one thing and now he's saying something different, it's not that he's confused. He's just saying, are you still trusting me? Are you still relying upon me? Are you still listening to me? God's greatest desire for your life is not, have you heard me speak, but are you hearing me speak now? God wants to speak now. God wants to speak now. I just want to pray for a couple of people who are prompted by the Holy Spirit. And then I might get my preach on. I have no idea, really. Is that okay? Joe, uh, God wants me to pray for you. This wonderful couple visiting from South Africa. Can I pray for you? Is that okay? If, if, if you guys could just maybe come out. And can I pray for you guys here? Uh, yeah? Can I pray for you? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God loves to do people good. Does anyone know that? God is wonderfully good. Do you guys want to come on up? Praise the name of Jesus. Father, right now, I thank you for Joe. I just felt God just say, I just need to lay my hands upon you and pray. Lord, I just cry out for a release of all the gold, the gems stored up on the inside. I release it. That's what God is just telling me to do over your life right now. Release it. Holy Spirit, I release it. Father, I'm praying for an increased revelation and wisdom to know what to do in different seasons. Uh, Joe, there's a need to understand the seasons of God. It's not a continuous one season, but there's different seasons. And Holy Spirit's going to give you the ability to perceive the season you're entering into, but also the season others are entering into. And as you do, you're going to be able to bring life. God wants you, you to be a bringer of life. In the same way He's gifted you with life, gift others with life. I release the goodness of God. Step up, woman of God. Step up, woman of God. Step up, woman of God. Now is the time. God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. God bless you guys. Uh, this felt Holy Spirit tell me to bless you. So can I do that? Is that okay, sir? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this couple, Lord, that I'm visiting right now from South Africa. And, Lord, I pray for the blessing of God to come upon them. Lord, I want to thank you that the God of their youth is the, the God of their lives today. The God that they've seen move in supernatural ways over the years is still the supernatural God today. And I believe that there's actually healing in these hands in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for physical strength and health to your body. 
But I also pray for physical health and strength to flow to others through your life. As you just simply touch people, at times you'll just hold their hand. At times you'll just give them a hug and the healing power of Jesus is going to flow. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the ability to have wisdom, man of God, to have wisdom. Again, to discern the season and what is needed. I see you in conversations where wisdom flows, wisdom from God. At times you'll even say, I don't even know where that came from. (laughs) And you'll speak something and people will be free. I believe a result of your lives is freedom in other people. And I actually see young people being set free, being around you. A lot of young people just need a mum and dad, someone that will believe in them, someone that won't focus on their you know, stumbles all the time, <laughs> mistakes. And we'll love them enough to encourage them, but also to correct them. I ask you, I beg you, encourage and correct. Invite them into your home. And I almost saw like a drop in center type thing. Is that language familiar to you? Uh, a place where young people can just drop in, just feel comfortable. God loves young people. Amen. We were young once, weren't we? And God loves them and he wants to touch them through your lives. So bless them, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Bless them, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. Father, I thank you for this couple. God just wants to come. I I, I saw you because you're in the worship it was just you there. You were there at that time for a lot of worship. And so clear, God just said, I want you to pray for this young lady. I just want you to encourage her. I want to add strength. I want to add strength. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for a manifestation of your goodness. Lord, would you come and shift and change the things that is a desperate cry? I release the, the love of God upon your lives. I release the love of God. I pray for restoration of what the enemy has stolen in Jesus' name. And today we as a church right now together come into agreement, Father, for the banner of your protection over this couple, over all that they love. In the name of Jesus, I just feel to rebuke the devourer that would come to try to take I want to declare God is not a taker. He is a giver. He gives good things. And sometimes there's been even misdiagnosed and we've thought God has done something or allowed something where it's been the enemy. And right now, I rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name and I release the goodness, the favor, the blessing, the flow of God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bless them and do them good. Jesus' name. Hey, God bless you guys. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Hey, just before I get on further, um, because otherwise I keep on forgetting, I just want to encourage you. There's some resources out there on the table. Uh, I'm part of David McCracken Ministries, and my passion is just to see the church empowered to grow in their walk with God, to walk in spiritual authority. It's great to be inspired and go, oh, I like that. But sometimes inspiration 
ends in just inspiration. We need to be inspired, but we need to be empowered. Amen. We don't just need, oh, that's nice, but how do I do this? And I believe that the resources from David McCracken Ministries, and there's a bunch of uh, books out there. There's Bulletproof Your Marriage. Uh, uh, if you're married, please get that. If you haven't already got it, it will just so empower your marriage because the enemy hates marriage. God created it. Anything God creates, the enemy tries to destroy. I, I wanna, we've been married uh, almost 22 years. Uh, it was a test, and I passed. And, and it gets better and better, but it doesn't get better by accident, it gets better by intention. And we can learn from those that have done it well. And my mum and dad have done it well. I encourage you with that. An incorruptible heart having influence without uh, losing your integrity. How many people think that's needed in the world today? We don't need people that just, uh, man, that, that they're influential, but that they're corrupt. We need people with a heart that's after God. Like a David and a Saul, both anointed by God. David ended up being a man after God's own heart, even though he stumbled and fell. Yet Saul ended up in the council of a witch and ended up dying prematurely on a battlefield. Why? Both were anointed by God, both loved God, but one they ended up in different places. I want to be one that crosses this line into eternity and here's well done, good and faithful servant. Does anyone else want that? This is a great book. I encourage you to get that. You did what is uh, the life story of my dad, David McCracken, Audacious Faith Adventures in the Life of David McCracken. If you want a really good read, my dad's Irish. He's not even normal. Um, and uh, But if you want a great read by someone who's almost sane on his good days, then I, I want to encourage you to get this book. Sorry, Dad, if you ever listened to this. I didn't mean it. But... Um, He's a prophet. He probably knows I already said, oh, no, I'm in trouble now. But I want to encourage you, if this, if this wants to, if you want something to stir your faith, just to, like an injection of faith, crazy stuff, but just lift your faith. We need our faith lifted. 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 I just follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Read that. Get into that. Get that into you, brother. There is nothing that you cannot do in your life. Nothing you cannot do. At times people speak over you and there's a sense of you can do things, but other times there's almost like a squashing down. I want to declare over your life loud right now on this day in September 2016, there is nothing that you and God cannot do together. If you feel God prompt you to do something, you chase after it because you are a winner. You are going to do great things for God. I just got to do what God says. Get into that too. Believing in you is a daily devotional, just every day placing before what God thinks about you. Can we have that slide up on the screen if you got it there, Luke? Just as I um, just talk about this briefly, and you might say, why are you doing all these announcements? This is not announcements. I want to empower the church. I want to empower the church. We can get inspired here, but you get something that you get before you, and you read it, and it takes days or it takes weeks, and you get it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. That's why we need to not just hear the Word of God once on a Sunday and then neglect it during the week. We need to get into it, get into it, because we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We've got to let God speak into us rather than us continually speak to ourselves or the world speak to us. We need Christians who hear the word and the voice of God, not just the word and the voice of the media. We're in a time where the enemy is just speaking such that strong propaganda. He's just what are we feeding on? What are we feasting on? We need some spiritual gluttons. 
who get fat on the Word of God and the voice of God. That when the enemy comes and the fiery darts, we recognize that it's not God because we know what God says in His Word. We can't fight against the enemy if we don't know who's the enemy and who's God. We need to know what God says. And when anything contrary comes, we reject that in Jesus' name. I'm not preaching yet. I'm just, just talking. Take your snapshot. You can get your phone out. Sign up. Be blessed by that stuff. Last thing I just want to just commend to you out there. There's two. There's two USBs. One's called Growing in the Prophetic. If you want to stir up the, the prophetic, which is just hearing from God for others. It's just revealing what's on God's heart for people. How many people, probably shouldn't ask this in case no one puts up their hand. But has anyone, have, have we prayed for anyone this, this, this weekend at all? And, and God has encouraged you in some way or placed something before you that's just done you good. Has anyone here received that? Praise God, praise God. Hold on to that. Stir it up. But if you want to stir it up to bless other people, the Bible says follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. It says eagerly desire. Sometimes we think God just gives what He wants to who He wants. He says you eagerly desire. If you want to strengthen, encourage, and comfort the church, say, God, would you give me the gift of prophecy? Would you give me the gift of encouragement? I want to bless people. If you follow the way of love and your desire is to bless people, God wants you to be able to hear Him to bless other people. And growing in the prophetic is 13 audio sessions on all things prophetic. How to hear from God, how to deliver a word of God that encourages people. The difference between Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy. Or the office of a prophet. How do you know if you've the, got the office of a prophet or the gift of prophecy? If you're interested, please get them. That's out there. And finally, there's nine ebooks by Helen Corder, who's on our team. Let me tell you the titles of these nine ebooks that are out there. And I just... I just pray you get it because this is gold. Unlocking the gift of discernment. Some of you want to, you feel like you, you just pick up. Some of you, I realize that all of this is actually just God's agenda for this morning. Some of you, when you hear things, something goes off on the inside of you. Something that's either really intense frustration, anybody? Or maybe you just get a sense of something's not right. I'm in this conversation. I'm here. Something's not right. There's something that's off. Anyone ever had that? Maybe just maybe you've got a gift of discernment. But what do you do with that? You don't criticize. You don't judge. You don't fight. What do you do with that? Helen Corder, Unlocking the Gift of Discernment. You need to get that. It's an e-book. It's on that USB key. Prophetic people in a changing church. When... How do you fit into a church when sometimes people see things differently and I'm hearing things from God? What do I do? And Helen wrote that she was in a church where she was fighting against the leaders because she thought, I'm hearing from God. And God just undid her and redid her. She's the greatest prophetic teacher that I know, but she allowed God to change her. That's her life story. It is empowering. The next book is Grow Your Prophetic and Prayer Gifts. The next one's deeper, going deeper with your walk with God. Prophetic worship. Luke Haley, brilliant. Prophetic worship. You know, the, 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 the way that we've often viewed worship is a one way. Worship's all about God. Have you ever heard that? Sometimes people say, how do you enjoy worship? Oh, I didn't really enjoy it. And people say, well, it's actually not about us. It's about God, isn't it? It's about we, it's us to God. And Helen goes, actually, that's not biblical. All through the Bible. 
everything about God and man is always two-way. It's always about encounter. Encounter follows encounter. God, yes, we worship God, but God speaks and God refreshes and God gives visions and God gives dreams and we worship God. And there's this relationship backwards and forwards. And prophetic worship is about an encounter with God that is two-way. How to be a supernatural Christian in your everyday world. How does that sound, young people? That, that, that sounds, how do I do this? How do I do this? It's fine and easy in here. How do I do it out there? How do I do it out there? Uh, set your prophetic gifts free. Pray for the lost and encounter God. Prayer studies. They're all out there on USB key. That's all on one USB key, all those nine books. And I encourage you to get them. That is, I believe this is a time for Infused Church to stir up the gifts of God that is in you. I'm prophesying. Right now I'm prophesying. I believe this is on God's agenda for us to be a church that stirs up the gift of God. You might be sitting there saying, God, if God wants to use me, He can use me. If you have that mentality, God probably will not use you. Because He's saying, I want you to stir it up. I want you to chase after it. I want you to run after it. Are you positioning yourself? Are you putting, are you, what is in your hand? Are you using what is in your hand now? Because so many times we want what is in someone else's hand while neglecting what's in our hand. What can you do? Do it for the Lord. Colossians 3, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your heart, with all your mind, as unto the Lord. Because it is the Lord God that you are serving, not man. It's the time to stir up the gifts. You want to prophesy? Stir up the gift. 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 I stir up the gift all the time. You might think this is what I do. This is easy. I stir it up. I sat in the chair of Garen James today saying, God, I want to prophesy over people because I want to bless them. I want to encourage them. I want to speak words that I'm hearing from you. God, would you speak to me clearly? Would you help me to listen? What am I doing? I'm stirring it up. I've got the gift. I've got the office of a prophet, but I still got to stir it up because I'm alive and I'm breathing just like you are. And I hear the things around and I hear the self-doubt and I hear the condemnation and I see what's going on and I need to step in and say, God, use me for your glory. Are there any people in this room that will say, God, use me for your glory? This church needs you and this world needs you. We need to be a people stirred up. Stirred up. Fired up about the things of God. And so, this coming into agreement or living by arguments. Let me just give you a couple things and a mini sermon. Because this is it just flowing. Is, is, are we cool this morning? Are we receiving anything? Are you, are you, sometimes it's about receiving, not just being taught. Is that right? And I pray there's an impartation. An impartation of faith. An impartation of passion for God. I don't believe there should be such a thing as a passionless Christian. Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross for us. So I just want to download just briefly, just a couple of thoughts on living by arguments and agreements. I set it up before, I just mentioned a couple of things. But there are many times that we need to say no to the enemy and yes to God. Anyone found that? But I realize there's times when I say no to God and yes to the enemy. 
Can I just make a statement? Arguing with God don't work. Can I make another statement? Agreeing with the enemy doesn't work. Doesn't work. Every day you argue, and in fact, probably most minutes and most hours, we are, without even thinking about it, coming into agreement with something or arguing with something. The Bible says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, there is no temptation that has overtaken you, grabbed hold of you, seized you, except what is common to all mankind. But God is faithful. I love that. And you will not be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, God will always provide a way of escape. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you agree with that or not? Because there's many times in my life I say, that's not my reality. That's not true. I sometimes can't say no to the wrong thing. I sometimes can't say yes. Anyone else? This is how subtle it is. What is happening then? I'm coming into agreement with the enemy who says, you know what? You can't say no. You can't do the right thing. You always do the wrong thing. And I'm arguing with God and saying, God, I can't do it. It's this subtle. I want to declare to you as a man who walks the same as you and sometimes gets it right and sometimes doesn't, that there is never a moment in my life where I cannot make the right choice because God provides a way of escape. And I choose to come in agreement with what God says. And if I stumble, I'm going to get up and declare it again. I'm not going to argue with God and come into agreement with the enemy. Bible says, do not worry about anything. What can you add to your life by worrying? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Do I come into agreement with that or do I argue with that? And I want to tell you, too much of my life I have argued with it. And I said, you know what? I, I can't help but be anxious. I just can't help but worry about things. I'm arguing with God and agreeing with the enemy. And I want to declare, I declare today, I declare today that I can live a worry-free life. Am I always? No. But does that change the truth? What am I agreeing with? You gotta say, this is semantics, this is words. What do you think the world was created by? Maybe through the years of my life, I have too often been more stuck than I would have liked because too often I speak to what I see and feel in the reality than to what God has said in His Word. I'm struggling with my thoughts again today, man. I'm just feeling so anxious. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm just, I'm coming into agreement. You say, you're not, you're not saying, you're not coming into agreement. You're just speaking the, tr- the truth. I'm not speaking the truth. I'm speaking the facts. I only speak, thank you, Father God. That you give a peace that guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I fix my eyes on you. Thank you, Lord. I do not have to be anxious for anything. So I hand that over to you. It's not mine to carry. You said it is finished in Jesus' name. It's not easy for me. It's not easy for me. Don't look at me and think it's not. 
and it's not for you. I'm not belittling or putting down what you feel. I'm just calling the people of God to stop coming into agreement with the enemy and start coming into agreement with God, to stop coming into agreement with facts and feelings and circumstances and the evidence we see and start coming into agreement with the truth. Let me ask you a question. Where's your arguing with God got you? I remember a man called Jonah. Come on. We sanitize the Bible sometimes. You read Jonah 1 and 2. God said, go to Nineveh. Who did he argue with and who did he come in agreement with? He argued against God. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He came in agreement with the enemy. You say, that's too harsh, Steve. He didn't even talk to the enemy. When, we, when we're arguing against God, we're coming into agreement with the enemy because he wants to steal, kill, and destroy all that God has planned and purpose for our lives. It's so subtle, but it's debilitating. And God sent a storm. And then in the last verse of chapter 1, last verse of chapter 2, we know the Bible stories, but I read it fresh. I don't care how you slice it. It ain't nice. And God sent a big fish, a big whale, and it swallowed Jonah. I don't care what animal it is. It ain't pleasant. Just use your imagination. Swallowed. I can't do sound effects. can't do nothing. Three days, three nights, some of you have been in cheap motels. That ain't nothing. Three days, three nights in the valley. Isn't it interesting that the fish was more obedient than the prophet? God sent the whale. Oh, go. Just keep swimming. That's, I'm not sure if that's the grossest part or the terminology. And it says, and God commanded the fish to vomit Jonah up. I'm just, being, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. How come Jesus supernaturally gets transplanted to another place? And Philip gets supernaturally transplanted. But Jonah's got to be vomited. The difference between arguing and agreeing. Maybe you feel like you've been swallowed and you've been vomited a bit. Let me ask you a question. When God says something, are you saying, yes, Lord? Or are you saying, I can't do that? That's how simple and deep and profound and life-changing this is. But Steve, I tried that and I did that and nothing changed. So... Declaring truth and coming to agreement with God is only conditional on the results we see. Is that right? Or maybe just maybe we stop confessing and declaring an hour, a week, a day, a two, a month, a year away from a change. I love Hebrews 11. These great men and women of faith, they lived in faith. And they died in faith, still believing, yet not receiving. 
Where are those Christians in the body of Christ? Even though he slay me, yet will I praise him. I came out of my mother's womb naked. I may go back without anything, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And my God, Shevrat, Meshach, and Abednego said, they can save me, and he will. I know he will, but even if he doesn't, I ain't denying it. I know God blesses me, but if he doesn't, glory be to Jesus. I know that He gives a peace that passes understanding, but on my journey through, even if I don't feel it, glory be to Jesus. It's still the truth. John 8. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, I think. To the Jews who believed in Him, Jesus said, if you hold, hold, stand up, Pastor Gary. If you, if, if, if you hold to my teaching, then you're my disciples. You're my disciples if you hold. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. See, logic says, if you know the truth, then you can hold on to it. But it doesn't say that. It says, if you hold on. I don't care what waves are crashing over me. I don't care what storm I am. I don't care what the evidence says. God says it, so I'm holding on. God says, you're my disciple. Then, 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 there comes a then. You will know it deep on the inside. The holding comes before the knowing. Jonah argued. We just told you his story. Adam and Eve argued with God and came into agreement with the, the serpent. Did, is that what happened? God said this. The enemy came and said, is that what he really meant? Who did they come into agreement with? The enemy. And destruction and devastation has been in the world ever since. Yet Jesus Christ, being led by the Spirit, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, just after his baptism and the Father said from heaven, this is my Son whom I love and I am well pleased. Then he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Not every wilderness experience is sent from the devil. You can be led by the Spirit into the wilderness and in in the wilderness. And the enemy came. And started to throw things at him. Started to throw things at him. Do you think that Jesus was tempted? Yes, he was. The Bible says it in Hebrews. He was tempted in every way, such as we were. But he did not sin. He was tempted, but he says, I'm not coming into agreement with you, devil. I'm coming into agreement with my father. And he left the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit and began his ministry. We live every day by arguments and agreements. My question to you men and women of God is this. Young people, is this. What are you going to come into agreement with? And what are you going to argue with? Don't get caught up on this word argument. I'm not arguing against God. I'm just not doing what He says. That's arguing against God. 
I think I'm done. Would you stand with me? I bet you're pleased you had a seat, Shane. Hallelujah. I just want to ask you to close your eyes and let me drop the seed of the word into your spirit as we pray. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I declare over you men and women of God. Finally be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Do not be strong in your own wisdom and in your own logic and your own understanding. Do not be strong in your own physical strength, your own emotional strength. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And put on the full armor of God. Men and women of God, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. But I don't like the devil, Steve. I don't like to talk about this. You know what? You might not like to talk about it and I don't like to focus on it. But if we are afraid of that, then the enemy is winning right there. Because the Bible says in Luke 10, chapter 19, that God has given us authority over all the enemy's powers. In James chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, Submit to God, resist the devil, he's got to flee from you. Oh, Steve, I'm not sure I agree with that. What did I just say? I choose to agree with it. Church, I choose to agree with it. What are you agreeing with? I'm not sure that can happen in my life. I'm not sure that I can resist the devil like that. That's called arguing with the God and coming into agreement with the enemy. It's time to agree with God. And in the armor of God, I've, I find it interesting. It says in verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that you can, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Oh, Holy Spirit, show me that this morning, Pastor Gary. And isn't it interesting that the first thing he says is make sure you've got the belt of truth on, the belt of truth. Oh, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but man, we need our belt up so that we're not left exposed. We need the belt of truth on so that we're not exposed to the enemy, that we know what God says, fight, 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 fight. And goes through the armor of God. It talks about the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And then it says, and praying the Spirit on all occasions. I wonder if we should be praying the Word, praying the Word, praying the Word, praying the Word. You're not sure how to pray? See what God says about your situation and declare it all day, every day. Put it on your mirror. Declare it. Declare it. If you need healing in your body, thank you that by your stripes I am healed in Jesus' name. Oh, declare it. The enemy comes and says, but you're not healed. But Jesus says, I am healed and I've got my bout of truth on. You're not exposing me. I tell you right now, I am covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and His power has set me free and healed my body. I'm declaring, I'm declaring, we need some stubborn Christians who to stubbornly, oh, just declare God's Word and declare God's Word and declare God's Word and declare God's Word. I agree with you. I agree with you. Because the Bible says that all of God's promises are yes and the amen is spoken by us. Amen means let it be, coming into agreement to the glory of God. You want to glorify God? It's not when you come through the other side. It's when you come into agreement with what God says on the journey through.
Father God, we love you. I just need to find my stop button. So Father, I commend this word to you. And I declare, and if there's anyone that wants to join with me, I want you to add your agreement. And I want it to come out of your mouth because life and death is not in what you think, but in the power of your tongue. In the power of your tongue. Oh, Steve, that's not what I do. I want to tell you, this is how subtle this argument is, church. Start declaring. Start declaring. Some of us are not declaring and living defeated, and we don't want to do that because that's not my personality. Don't let your personality become a greater authority and power than the Word of God. Life and death is in your tongue. In your tongue. Speak life, man of God. Speak life, woman of God. I declare. I am blessed and God is for me and not against me. The plans he's got for me are good plans in Jesus' mighty name. I declare no weapon formed against me shall prosper in Jesus' name. Oh, God Almighty, we praise you. Praise you. Do something, Haley. Don't 